Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples Podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, uh, joined again today by Pastor Neil Radical. This morning we'll begin with a, uh, I normally say brief devotional thought, but it's not going to be brief today, uh, from Acts chapter 15. Uh, Pastor Radical and I are preparing to head to the CLC convention, which begins tomorrow morning, uh, the 23rd. Uh, that convention runs through the weekend, through Sunday, so we'll be out of town uh, through the weekend uh, in attendance for that. And it just so happens that in our daily Bible reading, uh, Read the Bible in 2022 program, today's reading is from Acts chapter 15, which is the accounts of the Jerusalem Council. Uh, the Jerusalem Council was made, in many ways, maybe you could say the first New Testament convention <laughs> where the uh, groups, uh, Christian groups from around uh, uh, around the world got together to discuss one very important topic, uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So we'll read from Acts 15. We're going to read the whole first 21 verses, and then we'll kind of briefly comment on how uh, the conventions that we continue to do today uh, relate to this uh, first convention, this Jerusalem Council. And certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy to all the brethren. And when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all things that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up, saying, It is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Now the apostles and elders came together to consider this matter. And when there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that by the mouth of Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us, and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul, de declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. And after that, they became silent. James answer answered, saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God... Uh, at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, After this I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will set it up, so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does all these things. Known to God from eternity are all his works. Therefore I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God but that we write them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from things strangled and from blood. For Moses has had throughout many generations those who preach him in every city, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. 
So it's interesting because there was this dispute going on among uh, uh, the believers. And what's really interesting is there were even some Pharisees who believed. You know, we normally think of the Pharisees as the bad guys, but we know there was uh, Pharisees like Nicodemus and perhaps others who, uh, and sounds like others, who turned to, um, to believers, who were turned to Christians and were believed in Jesus as their Savior. And yet uh, there was this, this disagreement. And you can imagine... For the New Testament church, especially for the Jewish believers, it was a really hard transition to go from you know what they learned in the law of Moses, the uh, the way they were raised in the Old Testament, to keep these purity laws. You know, there's the clean and unclean, and so many different rituals and sacrifices. And all of a sudden, to have that because Jesus completed all these things, he fulfilled all these things. Um, now there's this transition from Old Testament worship to New Testament worship, and there's a lot more freedom. In New Testament worship, uh, freedom from many of these ceremonial, we call them ceremonial laws, which are the worship laws of the Old Testament. And uh, uh, so this disagreement is between, among the Jews, there was disagreement of should should we require the Gentiles, that is the non-Jews, to keep all these Old Testament laws of Moses? Um, and so are all these things old and, and useless now, or are they, uh, are they uh, uh, still required by the New Testament believers? So what did they do? They got together in a big group. They had this council, this convention, if you will. And they said, we got to hash this out and figure out uh, what and how Jesus would ha- have us live and what God wants us to do too. And so uh, they had this discussion. They had this big uh, 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 council where they spoke to each other. And Peter Peter comes up and says, look, these ceremonial laws were, uh, uh, he calls them a yoke. They were a burden that the Old Testament believers were to bear. And it was... Uh, through these laws, they were shown that they were not perfect. They weren't holy. They couldn't keep the law perfectly. And that's what he says there, that our fathers couldn't keep these laws either, uh, and neither can we. So are we going to put these Old Testament ceremonial laws on uh, the, the Gentiles in the New Testament as well? And his answer to that is, is no. Now, that doesn't mean that all the laws of the Old Testament are thrown out, right? So there's still obviously the moral laws, the Ten Commandments. Um, those things certainly still apply to us, and that's what, he, what James, who is the brother of Jesus, Half brother of Jesus, likely a ch- uh, 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 likely a child of Mary and Joseph after the birth of Jesus. That's what one of the pillars of the Jerusalem congregation there, uh, and the writer of the book of James. He says uh, uh, at the end, there's some things that we should still do. Obviously, uh, things that polluted by idols, sexual immorality, things stayed, uh, strangled from blood. These are things that we would ask the the Gentile believers to still uh, uh, refrain from in order. For the sake of the Jews, but but uh, that doesn't mean that we now um, throw out all the moral laws either. So there's this balance that they come to, and that's a lot of what happens at convention too. Is we say, okay, what is? We go back to the Word. We say, what does God say? And that's what they did in this council. Is they went back to the Word. They said, what did David say? What did Moses say in the law? And now, what did Jesus teach us? And how do all these things now come to applying these principles to now our day-to-day practice? And what they came away was with. Uh, all these Old Testament ceremonies were all pictures of Jesus, uh, and they were fulfilled by Jesus. And so that's where, uh, uh, because now in the New Testament, we don't have, we don't require circumcision. We don't require worship on on Saturday, on the Sabbath day. We don't uh, require uh, many of the other ceremonies, the sacrifices that that were taking place. Those things aren't necessary anymore because they were all fulfilled in Jesus. And so that's what we see uh, happening at the Jerusalem Council, is. Uh, this idea of you have to do all these works to be a believer. Well, that's counter to Jesus' message of uh, free grace uh, and free salvation through the work of Jesus rather than the works-based righteousness, which is 
what the law is. You know, the law is you need to be perfect in order to get to heaven. And of course, as Peter said, no one of us can do that. But uh, through Jesus, we are all reconciled to God through his blood. Uh, and so that's that's what we see here at this council, uh, at this first convention. So any uh, thoughts you'd like to add in there, Pastor? Yeah, for sure. I like the way you explained that. Uh, I like the longer section, too, because ultimately you see with these two different groups, you mentioned the Pharisee Christians there. You, you mentioned Nicodemus. You know, Paul would have even been one of those as well before his conversion. He's still, he's still a Pharisee Christian. He talks about that in his letters. But you see this overwhelming love for the word, confusion of that with the Pharisees. But it's, it's easy for me to forget that all of Acts is, you know, really written over the period of like 20 to 30 years of everything that's going on because you have Paul's missionary journeys that are going on in there. And so what's creeping in in those 20, 30 years? Well, initially you have the circumcision like you were talking about that we still have to follow these Old Testament laws. I think you explained that really well. We ultimately see these pockets of Christians that want to be faithful to the Old Covenant law and the New Covenant law. And so you ultimately start to get these pockets of what I like to think of as just the New Testament denominations already forming because you have different beliefs about the laws and the rights. And ultimately, these councils that you mentioned are getting together to sort out those differences, the difference of understanding, the different interpretations, the different applications of the word. You really see Paul's letters in the New Testament addressing a lot of those concerns throughout his ministry, throughout his letters, whether he's in Ephesus or whether he's in imprisonment, like for the Philippians or the Colossians. He's bringing doctrinal clarity and truth to the word of God, of course, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In fact, with the different denominations and groups that are already kind of forming at that point in time, Paul writes to the Corinthians in chapter 11, 19, there must also be factions among you for the establishment, the, the perseverance of the truth. So these groups are getting together so they can establish what is in accordance with God's word, what is true doctrine, and so the encouragement with that is, again, going back to why do we meet at convention? Why do we have councils and congregational meetings? It's because we want to establish what the truth is. Not that we need to reestablish it, but to continue to seek out that truth in a world that continues to confuse it amongst denominations, amongst our membership, amongst pastors and teachers. The word of God, Satan, is trying to always confuse us. And so this section, again, brings us back to it's a love for the Word of God. It's a love to going back to Scripture. It's a love for meeting together to be guided by the work of the Holy Spirit into that truth. And so it's all about that truth, about that love of the Word and the Gospel that we have in Christ. Yeah, I love it. I love that you brought it back to that because the Word is what's the Word is what establishes the church. You know, and that's kind of what we talked about last weekend in our our, our sermon on the on the Holy Christian Church is the Word is the foundation, right? And that that's that is what the church is based upon and so we come back again and again not that god's word is confusing or not that it's it's hard to, it's hard to understand because it's confusing but it's it's our sinful nature that makes that that creates those challenges and it's the devil who works to create all those false teachings and you know but but through those false teachings the church is solidified because just as this church council came and said hey do we have to do all these works to get to heaven what did they say no the works are not are, do not avail the Christian at all. You know, works are not your way to salvation. Um, it is through the free grace of Jesus Christ that we are saved. And uh, the church has been fighting against inroads of, of false doctrine and the, the devil for thousands of years now. And so we will continue to do so uh, throughout throughout the history, of the ch- throughout the future of the church as well. Let's pray. 
Lord, Heavenly Father, uh, we thank and bless you for your holy word, uh, the, the foundation of the church, and we pray that you would continue to bless us as we read, study, and meditate upon your word. Uh, Lord, we trust that you will send your spirit, as you promise, through that word to grow out faith in our hearts. Lord, uh, please keep from us any misunderstandings or errors of doctrine from uh, entering our hearts and, and minds and help us to submit wholly to you and the truth of your word. We pray all these things in your saving name. Amen. Amen. Uh, a number of announcements. Uh, because Pastor Radical and I are uh, getting ready to get out of town, uh, there will be no midweek Bible class this week. Uh, so today is Wednesday, again, the 22nd. No Bible study, online Bible study tonight. Uh, I want to say a special thank you to all those who helped with the Adopt the Highway last Saturday. It was awesome. We had 30, 35 people. Actually, one gal came so late that I just sent her home. Uh, so didn't show up in time. We got it done in less than 45 minutes. So... Uh, that was pretty awesome. We have an, we'll have another one scheduled for Saturday, August 13th, um, so you can mark your calendars for that, and uh, that'll be the last congregational uh, one for this, this year. Uh, the school will go and do one in the fall. Uh, we'll, we'll clean it up once in the fall, too. Um, want to encourage you to promote our Vacation Bible School. There's a number of ways that you can do that. Um, again, there's yard signs in the front of the church. You can grab a yard sign and put it up. In your yard, you can grab some door hangers. There's door hangers in the narthex. I think there's over 100 still up there that you can grab and just take to your neighborhood and, and share with people who might be interested. Uh, when you're doing that, uh, sometimes people have the no soliciting up on the doors. Ran into that a ton in California. You're not soliciting anything. They don't have to buy anything. VBS is free, so you're not actually soliciting anything. You're giving them information. So they don't, you're not selling them anything. So in that sense, don't be afraid if a door says no soliciting. Just, if it makes you uncomfortable, don't do it. But um, don't worry about that. Yeah, soliciting is asking for money. We're just giving information. I, think. I like the way you put that. Um, also, you can help by uh, walking in a couple of the parades. Again, this summer we're doing the uh, July 4th parade up in St. Peter. Um, that'll be on the on the 4th. You can get more information from the memo coming out today. And then there'll also be a parade on July 9th, which is that Saturday. That's the Fun Days Parade up in North Mankato. So uh, lots of fun walking in those parades. Get to promote our VBS and, and get the word out to the community who we are and where we are and um, the school we have too uh, uh, as well. I uh, mentioned already the convention coming up this uh, Thursday through Sunday. So Pastor Radical and I will be out of town again. So please... Uh, take note of that. Um, so we will not be preaching this weekend. Uh, Pastor Radical organized that. You want to just give everybody a heads up what's yep. coming this weekend? Yep. We're having a lay service this weekend. Uh, we're focusing on good works, the appropriateness of those in our life as Christians, not for our salvation, but to display our faith in Christ and what he's done for us. And so uh, we're thankful for those who are going to be helping with the service this weekend. Sounds good. Uh, prayer list for this week. Uh, continuing to keep Carrie Dale in our prayers. Uh, Hillary Leon's sister diagnosed with cancer um, as she goes through uh, this, this challenging time. Uh, we ought to keep the convention in our prayers. Uh, that Lord would bless the work of the delegates and give them uh, wisdom and discernment uh, this weekend. Um, and that's all we got for prayer list. Uh, we have been week by week, in, as we've been getting ready for convention, we've been talking about a couple different uh, topics, some of the main topics coming up for convention. Last week, we, or two weeks ago, we talked about the uh, building project, which is being proposed. Last week, we hit on some of the other kind of, uh, the rest of the highlights, kind of the odds and ends uh, of the weekend. And then uh, this week, we're going to talk about the doctrine portion. Um, over the past, this has been the, the main issue of, of conventions for the past 
boy, six years, seven years probably since uh, the joint statement of 2015 came out. Last year at convention, the CLC elected not to adopt the joint statement of 2015. Uh, and the assignment kind of to for this convention then was uh, to uh, uh, figure out kind of what we learned from this whole situation and how we proceed forward. Uh, your pastor, Radical, is the vice chairman of the Board of Doctrine. Um, and so he is going to lead us through a discussion today on uh, what is going to be happening at convention regarding the Board of Doctrine. Uh, vice chairman of the Doctrine Floor Committee. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> To be clear. So not the CLC Board of Doctrine. Um, so just, yeah, just helping out with the floor, leading that. But yeah, uh, as, as far as the discussion goes, I don't know how much you want to discuss it right now. We can. But the, um, the main thing the Board of Doctrine report has, and if you have the prospectus, uh, Pastor Nauman's had copies out in the back, and you can find that online, and we can send you copies if you want. But it's, it's linked into the description of the podcast, too, so you can just click on it. Perfect. So basically, page 11 and following, uh, next 20, 30 pages or so, Maybe not quite that many, but ultimately there's a little bit of a message there from the Board of Doctrine. They're talking about a classification of online statements the Senate has made. So they're hoping to get those up on the website. So if you want to know what the convention resolved in the past, uh, hopefully it'll be all at your fingertips in that sense. If you've heard of the book Out of Necessity, which was written by Professor David Lau after he retired about the 50th anniversary of the CLC, what's really cool about that is it shows all the different I'll use the word controversies because that's the word that he uses, and how the CLC, how the Lord helped the CLC to get through those difficult controversies with Scripture. And ultimately, those will also be listed on the website on these documents as well. So that's kind of an interesting thing, so that hopefully history won't repeat itself in our own synod. Also, as Pastor Nowen mentioned, as far as the doctrine goes, there's some discussion of the colloquy process. That's a fancy word of basically when... Uh, pastors or teachers want to become members of the CLC uh, and they're part of a different denomination but want to leave that one, what's the process of for them to join? Uh, we use that stateside, we use that overseas too, and so just kind of reforming that process a little bit more. And then of course with the ongoing discussions with the Wells and Ls, really the biggest takeaway is do, do we continue to have discussions with them or not? That's kind of one of the big things the discussion is going to go to now. The reason some might say or not to not do that is because there's some who believe that there's they're not really answering the questions or making statements that are in line with what we believe scripture is saying so there's some concerns on that side the ones who can want to keep things going maybe see some progress there uh, but there's some uncertainty there so as pastor Nevin mentioned the board of doctrine was tasked with that joint committee to come up with a, a new statement not saying that joint statement was bad it's just didn't solve all the concerns that we had. So they're hopeful uh, to take this document to pastoral conference this coming year and then uh, address those concerns a little bit more and then hopefully go back to the Wells and Ls and discuss a little bit more with them like why we're still concerned about some of these areas, which are very important, um, of course, because we know that where you compromise God's word, if there is compromising on God's word, then there's lots of dangers that are mingled with that. So, it, like most conventions, Board of Doctrine has a challenge ahead of it. All the committees have a lot of work to do, so continued prayers for that will be uh, beneficial as we seek the Lord's will in all of our work that we're doing across the convention floors. Which, I believe you can, uh, we'll have a link that if you want to attend some of it online, sometimes it's kind of hard to do if you're not in the moment, but if you see something on the schedule that you want to try to listen in and on, 
I believe that'll be available, so we'll try to share that with congregation as well. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll probably try to send out a link to the uh, the YouTube channel uh, probably today or tomorrow would be a good idea. Yeah. Um, last year when I was in the, in uh, the hospital. Yeah, well, yeah, we were. Well, I was in the Ronald McDonald House up in the cities. I was not able to attend convention, so I watched uh, through YouTube, and you can watch you can watch them back afterwards too, so you can. Skip through some of the dry parts, so you don't have to necessarily watch it all live. But you can go back and skip through the coffee breaks and stuff like that that come up too. So, okay, nice. yeah, yeah, worked out, worked out well. I was able to watch and understand everything that people were saying at the microphones and everything like that too. So, that worked out pretty well. As far as next week goes, I guess we haven't talked about this, but Pastor Nauman and I were asked to attend the ELS convention at Bethany here in town as CLC representatives. So we just observed that. And so we're going to be observing not every minute of it, but a good portion of it. So potentially next week for our podcast, we might highlight that a little bit. Well, I was, yeah, we haven't talked about this yet, but I was thinking next week we could recap probably the CLC, that what happens this week at the CLC. It'll be a surprise. Yeah, yeah, we'll see it. Well, you never know what's going to happen or what's going to come up. I mean, right. the whole topic of the mission schools kind of came out of the blue last year. Yeah. So there, there will be, there like there will be things that come up that we are going to want to talk to you about and. I'll let you know what happens and recap what happens with the Board of Doctrine and uh, so forth. So we'll, we'll probably spend a few weeks recapping convention and maybe speaking about what happened at the ELS convention too. So that's kind of the plan going forward. So sounds any good. other thoughts on convention before we take off, sign off? No, sir. All right, sounds good. Our hymn of the day is hymn 640 in the red hymnal, uh, TLH. That's called God the Father, Son, and Spirit. Uh, we'll do all four verses. God the Father, Son, and Spirit, ever-blessed Trinity, humbly now our thanks we offer, all unworthy though we be. Freely thou hast showered blessings, countless as the ocean sands, blessings rich and overflowing on the labors of our hands. Thou didst guide our Father's footsteps to this land we hold so dear, lengthening the cords and curtains of their habitation here, strengthening thy temple's pillars as thou hast from age to age, giving us their sons and daughters an abiding heritage. Grant that we thy word may cherish and its purity retain. Lord, unless thou art the builder, all our labors is in vain. Keep us from all pride and boasting, vanity and foolish trust, knowing that our work without thee soon will crumble into dust. God of grace and love and blessing, thine alone shall be the praise. Give us hearts to trust thee truly, hands to serve thee all our days. Lord, bestow thy future blessing till we reach the heavenly host, there to praise and serve thee ever, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, EmmanuelMankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.